and welcome to I'm on my period piece. I'm Lindsay. I'm Molly. And we're the Sherman sisters. We finally got the recording to work again, darlings. Unfortunately, we are back. <laughs> we're back to torture your earlobes again. Mm-hmm. Your eardrums. The lobes would not The lobes be will the, leave alone. Y- yeah. <laughs> leave those this time. Fly right over them. Um, this week we watched The Personal History of David Copperfield, uh, starring Dev Patel. And Tilda Swinton. Incredible and Tilda importantly. Swinton. And Hugh Laurie. Yes. This is a really good cast, actually. Yeah, it was a great cast. Um, but before we start talking about this film, bitch, let's sync up. Oh, please. What have you been up to? Thank you for asking. I've spent quite a lot of the weekend with you, actually. Yes. In fact, I think yesterday was the, or sorry, Friday was the only day in the weekend that we did not see each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Yeah, kooky. Um, what have I been up to? Thank you for asking. Um, Craig and I went to San Marcos yeah. on Friday. We both had the day off, and we went to um, this adorably busted busted I was about to say like shabby chic's not right <laughs> um kind of a busted yeah. uh, amusement park okay uh built around a cave okay so um the run of show here was that uh with our complete tour ticket mm-hmm. uh and we were in a group of like three older women okay. and then a young family. Okay. Um, but with our complete ticket, our first attraction was a train ride. Mm-hmm. Um, by that I mean a cart on wheels. Being um, pulled by being a tractor. pulled by a John Deere tractor across the street. <laughs> um, where we then went to a petting zoo. Um, my husband had the foresight to buy four full bags of animal feed. Um, he had no compunction about the emu getting close to our family. Uh, <laughs> I didn't to love my that. person. To me. <laughs> we are one flesh in the eyes of God. Um, I spent most of the time feeding this like gorgeous, like white uh, buck. Oh, beautiful. Its name is Sven. Oh. Yeah. And then from there, we go to the cave. Yeah. Uh, we had a cave tour led by a student. Okay. Um, it was the only dry formed cave, I think, in. The United States. Incredible. Isn't that neat? Right here? Right here, babes. It's on the Balcones Fault, so it's okay. what separates the coastal plains okay. of Texas and hill country. Oh. So we went up, at, uh, after the cave, we went to an observation deck, and he's like, okay, this way is, like, Did west Texas. Did you tell Texas. a No. Okay. Not at all. Uh, okay. And then uh, after the observation deck... Uh, is an anti-gravity house. (laughs) Hey, you didn't mention that to me. Okay, here's the thing about it. Like, I was like, I'm not a baby. I'm an adult. And I'm not going to be thrown by this anti-gravity house. I bet I would be so thrown by it. Girl, I still don't understand a few things. And they explained it a lot, and I still don't get it. But yeah, it was crazy. Is it like spinning really fast? Is that the deal? No. Like centrifugal force or something? Not at all. The, The house isn't moving at all. Oh. Anti-gravity house is like a, it was like a shack. Okay. But like it's built on weird different like inclines <laughs> and declines. And okay. And they paint the walls in such a way that you like, it's, I don't know how to describe it. Oh, so you're on the ground. You're on the ground, but okay. you're on like various competing hills. Okay. You should look at like Google gravity house. Okay. Anti-gravity house. I thought it was like the thing that they did on uh, The Bachelor when that, remember that season with Vanessa and Nick? Yes, but go on. And they, they did an anti-gravity thing together. 
But they had that ABC money. Oh, yeah. So they probably actually, like, yeah. come to whatever. Oh, you know what the first thing is when I searched anti-gravity? Was it Bachelor? Wonder World Cave and Adventure Park. Yeah, girl, they're on point. That is funny. Um, so anyway, that's where we went. Um, but see, yeah, other than that, I've been watching Sopranos. Oh, man. Uh, caught up on what we do in the shadows. Mm. Season three. Excellent start to the season. Uh, we watched Adam's Family. Yeah. How was that? It was, oh, and Camelot. Uh, it was like uh, sharing and childhood crush. Um, yes. Things, because it's Arthur for me and then Morticia for Craig. Incredible taste. Incredible taste. He still seems rather affected by her. <laughs> like I'm affected by her. Yeah. And I, you know what? Listen, the frisson between her and Raul Julia. Incredible. Well, like, that's the thing. Can this be a movie for children? So, uh, who they cast uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and what's his face? For the Louis, new Louis Louis Guzman Louis Guzman and I don't know about that I don't either because um, it's very important that these two have unbelievable I, chemistry I need to feel like y'all just peeled them off each other right right yeah that man that movie is great yeah it's so funny I haven't seen it since I was like maybe a kid like maybe like seven absolutely would watch it again to rewatch Christina Ricci's in it yes she is we love her yes I was asking Craig like. Were goths in popular culture a thing before the Addams Family TV show in the 60s? Mm. There's almost certainly weren't called goths. because There was Dark Shadows, too. Dark around Shadows, Around that time. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> if you think about it, like, the whole, like, goth as it has existed in the modern American imagination is, like, what the Addams Family are. Like, all their jokes are just... We're, Dark We're humor. pretty morbid around here. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and that aesthetic... The, yeah. like, pale face and black clothes kind of yeah. thing. Man. Do you remember in the 90s when goths would, like, literally paint their face with clown white makeup? Yes. What was that about? Um, <laughs> I think, like, It was very frightening I to witness. I want to blame, like, Norwegian okay. death metal okay. for that. God, I remember um, seeing those people just skulk around the Woodlands Mall and be like, ooh, you know? Yeah, that was, like, a true... Like, we'd all get in the, in the van and be like, what a freak! <laughs> like... <laughs> scurry on out of jc penny <laughs> our jock family God, it it's just such a strong gene yeah yeah and not necessarily expressing an athleticism so much as disdain <laughs> for people just peaceably living their lives <laughs> um incredible but yeah i mean other than that i've started a puzzle i've mm-hmm. been listening to um where men win glory okay by john krakauer okay um, it is about the Pat Tillman fratricide case. Ooh. I don't think I know this story. I think story. I started to tell you about it. He was that NFL player who, after 9-11, joined the Army. Oh, yes. Okay. And then, I haven't gotten really to the cover a part of it, but basically he was killed in friendly fire, but, like, the U.S. Yes. kept okay. that from When people. you said fratricide, I thought... You think, like... He killed his brothers. Right. But you meant military fratricide right gotcha okay i didn't know that was a term they used in my mind the only concept that comes to mind with brothers is the military because as you know the military is my life um (laughs) something of an army brat (laughs) (laughs) moved around a whole bunch yeah uh wouldn't that i i always like to nicole and i've been joking about like wouldn't it be funny if i just kept it from people that i was in the army for two years oh yeah there's i've like had a couple of times as an adult where i've met someone and then like been surprised to find out that they'd been in the military for like 
sometime. I know. You know? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's it, funny because you'd think that would be like the first thing you'd say about yourself, but it's not always. I don't think so. These yeah. nowadays. Nowadays. But the thing about this guy that's interesting is, is like when, God, honestly, a lot about him is interesting. It seems like he was actually like relatively liberal and also yeah didn't you say he was like blowing the whistle or something and that's why so he refused to give any interviews about leaving the nfl for the army uh like wanted to keep a low profile about it famously never did any interviews Mm. um even when the army would ask him to yeah but he had like scheduled an interview with noam chomsky (laughs) oh no and and they said absolutely not he also kept a diary um so like and was a pretty good writer too yeah um but he had, like, signed up for Afghanistan reasons. And yeah. then, like, during basic training, the Iraq theater of it started. Oh, no. And even then he was like, okay, this is bullshit. I'm really hoping they don't send me there. And they send him there. Of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, no. But, you know, <laughs> I've been learning a lot geopolitically. Yeah. <laughs> um, I bet. If you were to ask me any question about Afghanistan right now, I bet I could look it up on wikipedia and tell you but i i am learning more well that's just wonderful to hear you know yeah i um i know yeah i feel like i know a lot less about the afghanistan war than i do about the iraq one which i know which is like it's goofy because one of them was was a side show a side quest right (laughs) right because i was gonna say afghanistan like it wasn't a good idea ever because that's literally exactly what bin laden had wanted was for us to go there um but like, at least we all kind of understood it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the, the motives were understandable. They were understandable. But I remember when Iraq happened, I was like, wait, scope creep. What's happening? <laughs> scope creep. <laughs> it reminds me of when Vasidi and Princess Pride says, like, uh, one of the most well-known things is this. Never go into a land war in Asia. Listen. Okay. Honey. You're not going to win. No. God, he, Vasini had a point. He had a point. He had a point. Um, point of view. But that's that's it with me. You have updates. Yeah. I had a big day. Not yesterday. The day before. Saturday. Saturday. I got my tattoo. Hell yeah, girl. Hell yeah. I feel like a baddie now. Lindsay was so tough. I was I really? You were tough. Thanks, girl. Yeah, you, it's really like, kind. you just need her to squeeze my hand for like 30 seconds and then you're like, I'm kidding. I got it. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it is a weird sensation because I remember asking you in Hilda last week, like, does it feel like a scratch? And you were like, kind of. <laughs> is it, do you get what I mean about it being meditative, though? Yeah. I mean, yeah, for I sure. was there literally flapping my gums nonstop. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that you had that moment for yourself. No, I like, was like. I mean, I was just vibing. You had nowhere to be but the present when you're in that kind of pain. Right, exactly. Yeah. When you were in the bathroom, I asked Ben how many tats he has, and he was like, I don't know, man. I've probably been tattooed hundreds of times. And I was like, does it always hurt like this, or does your body just, like, build up a tolerance? He's like, no, it always hurts like this. <laughs> and I was like, that's funny. Isn't that crazy? But I guess it's like, you know, at the end of it, you have, like, a cool piece of art on your body. Oh, yeah. It's just there forever. Yeah. It's and rad. I think you get more addicted to it because it's like, all right. Yeah, so just keep it. Keep it's a it canvas. Pushing. Let's keep yeah. on filling it up. Yeah, it's really rad. I keep looking at it and being like, "Oh my god, it's here!" I know, <laughs> but god, uh, it really is. Yeah, it's and it's funny because like we didn't choose like some small tattoo for our first tats. No, they're, they're half sleeves. They're large. Yeah, yeah. You're, in fact, you have what four now? Mm-hmm. All but one of them is sizable. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not here to go. Go big or go home, babe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
man. But uh, yeah, so that was exciting. And then after uh, after my tat, we went and got tacos, and then we went to Paper Place, which was hell yeah, dude. What a what that a vibe. Place rules. That place rules. Whoever curates their selection, yeah, they're having fun. Deserves. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, and it smells good in there. Mm-hmm. They have a whole wall of beautifully organized pens. I love that pen wall. Can you get us some pens? I want that pen wall. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, I know. It's kind of like we were discussing, like, you wanted a library with, like, a ladder and stuff. Yeah, which I know is, like, such a basic, dark, no, it's cool. bitch thing, but... <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> it's just, like, it is. Yeah. It's yeah. just a cool thing to have. But a pen wall would also be Oh, sick, lit. dude. I've always wanted, like, a crafts room. Even yeah. though I, like, don't even be doing that many crafts. I just, like, like to have the things to do of them. Of course, because, like, the mood strike. mom's bestie growing up had a craft room. And I she sure thinking, did. And I thinking, like, that is sick. Yes, yeah. man. Yeah, and she had so many supplies. Yeah. When they moved, it was, like, I think that was the room that took her, like, the longest to pack up. Oh, it's, I'm like, sure. Oh, my God, I got millions of beads in here. Yeah. And hundreds of paintbrushes. That's just, such a nice problem to find yourself in. It really is, yeah. yeah. I've got too many creative outlets. Yes. Yeah. I love, that's, my dream job is dilettante, frankly, so. Dude, I get you. I feel ya. Um, speaking of not at all dream jobs, though, this film. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I didn't Pretty. do, I just, the only thing I said on my catch-up was, I got a tattoo, but really, that's, <laughs> that was the most exciting thing, so I'm ready to talk about this film. Oh, sure. Um, and, um, famously, neither of us took notes for yeah, this. Yeah, I thought the I plot I pulled up. I pretty good idea yeah. of everything I actually, like, happened. didn't double screen. I just, like, watched it, which was a nice experience. Well, come on now. Look at me. Come, come on, somebody. Yeah, I was about to, I knew that was the phrase. Um, so, this was fun. Yeah. I cannot imagine that the source material, the actual Dickens novel, is... It, she's quite a tome, is she not? She, I think it was one of those that he, he like, wrote serialized. So it was, yeah. like... Because it feels like that. This plot just goes... It zigs and it zags. And it's it, like you know. a comic book. But the... I can't imagine that there's any, um, any degree of levity in the Dickens one. This was, like... They were, like, we're going to take this depressing source material and just... I don't know pick how up the pace, babe. they did it. They made it fun. Yeah. They made these characters lovable. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, that's the power of actors, too. Right, okay. I left undelivered correctly. Like, this right. could have been just a sad story. This was such a well-cast movie. 624 damn pages in David I'm never going to read that. It's not, just not going to happen. Not ever in my I'll life. I'll sooner read Infinite Jest, and I'm not going to read Infinite right. Jest. Or a Little Life, dolls. It won't happen. It's not happening. I wonder once with Goldfinch. I love Goldfinch. Whatever. I wonder how long the audiobook of David Copperfield is. You guess oh. like 36 hours? You know, I can look that up. Okay. Wouldn't that be fun? That'd be funny. Um, anyway, so the movie starts with uh, David's mother in labor with him, and they have um, a nanny slash like maid. She's just somebody that lives in their house, Peggy. What um, a fun little name. Peggy is great. And. Peggy and his mom are, like, doing the labor thing. His dad has died before he was born. And then his great aunt just flits in. This is Tilda Swinton. While his mom's in labor, and she's like, Hey, um, I'm your husband's aunt. Uh, if this is... When this is a girl, right. I want you to name her Elizabeth Trotwood Copperfield. Because this Elizabeth Trot- Trotwood is going to do it right. She's not going to get fooled again. Yes. And they're like, What if it's a boy? And she's like, It won't be. I, that this was you. Was me as bitch. hell. That was you. Because I told you, girls. I said I shall Both not. Both times you were like, "It's not going to be a boy. It's not going to be a boy." 
my yeah. body will not make a boy. And it didn't. And uh, so, and I used to joke with you about how <laughs> when oh, I was, yeah. when I delivered, if it was a boy, I'd be like, good. I hope she's a fool. <laughs> a beautiful little fool. You were um, just not going to acknowledge. I was not. Um, so neither does Miss Trotwood. And I appreciate that about her. So the baby's born. The doctor comes out and he's like, she's doing great. The mother's doing great. And she's like, she, oh, but how's the baby? And he goes, oh, it's a little boy. And she's like, and he's the oldest of twins. And the younger one's a girl, right? And they go, no, it's just the one boy. And then she grabs her back and leaves. <laughs> Iconic. Bye. That was a fun start to the movie. I right then and there. So, um, little David goes with his nanny, Peggy to visit her brother's upturned boathouse in Yarmouth. Oh my God. How cute was that? So adorable. This that charming scene. boathouse. It was so cute. They have this little lady named Miss Crimmage. Oh, I don't... You can't ask me about the, the names. It, there's just, this, like, won't little old lady that just keeps being like, I probably won't live much longer. Oh. This might be my last meal. And, like, that's just sort of her whole deal. And then um, they live... Uh, so, Peggy's brother, um, like, has these two kids that he's adopted that are not related to each other. And they've fallen in love, and they're engaged. They're, like, adults now. And Davey is, like, loving this whole experience. Like, he's like, oh, I'm yeah. having fun. This little boy. I was so... I know that I have seen a cuter kid on television. So cute. So animated. They're, like, they show him this tiny little, like, corner of the boat, upturned boathouse, that he will get to live in. And he goes, I don't think I've ever seen a more desirable bedroom in my life. Little Just, angel. So cute. Such a sweetheart. And so when he, they show him, the way they do transitions was cool in this movie. Yeah. So they show him back in his own house, drawing pictures of the upturned boathouse and writing stories about it. And by this point, his mom has married this absolutely wretched bitch. Oh my God. I hate this man. It looks like Charles Rocket, but like not. Does kind of look like Charles Rocket. Not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Is that's, it will never be Charles That's exactly Rocket. right. Because I was like, how do I know the God? I, how do I know this guy? He looks like the dad from Hocus Pocus, but he is in fact not. He also played a little bitch in Killing Eve, so. That's true. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so his sister is Gwendolyn Christie. And oh. it was fun to see her again. But man, what a terrible character. Oh, I was really bummed. I was hoping I was like, that she'd get to cut up and be fun. No, she was having fun playing a villain. Of course. It, the Murdstones are like it's not the only fun thing to play. Absolutely, I would love to just serially be typecast as a villain. Absolutely, the Murdstones are like the chief villains in this movie, so they're really mean to little Davy. Like at one point, they make some he makes some comment about how like the words look like they're skating around on the page, and we couldn't. T they never mention it again, but I don't know if that's supposed to mean well, that he has dyslexia or if he was just nervous trying to read in front of them. Well, they show him a few times when he's looking at books where the letters like oh I didn't catch move it again. around. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe he has dyslexia. I looked it up, and, like, apparently that's just unique to the movie and not the book. Okay, interesting. So they thought, well, you know, like... Add that, a little spice to it. Add a little spice. That Amazon ebook uh, that's, like, uh, Catcher in the Rye, except Holden has scoliopo <laughs> scoliosis. <sighs> and, like, every <laughs> chapter pages. just has It'll one... like, Holden, who has scoliosis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so goofy. Or, no, it was... Sorry, it was Great Gatsby, but okay. Nick has scoliosis. Okay. Yeah. That's goofy. Isn't it? <laughs> People are having fun with literature. Cutting up. Man, that's fun. Um, so, yeah, the birdstones are really mean, and um, the stepdad, like, 
beats Davey one night. And then the next day he's like, uh, we're sending you off. And he's like, to go to school? And they're like, no, school's expensive. You're just going to go ahead and go into real life. He's like, what, eight? Yeah. This little boy. All of eight. <clears throat> so they send him to London and he um, goes to work in his, I guess his stepdad owns this factory. And he lodges with this family named the Macabers. What cute, charming the- foolish people this family is they just just a mess um, from the jump a mess they seem like people who are just like really sweet and just have no like discipline with money i was about to say i mean like everyone knows this person yes oh she's like really sweet but she has she's shit with money absolute just he's spending way that she doesn't have like so he's being like harassed by creditors which debt as as now in the victorian era was a real like big capital T thing in society and like they would actually put you in prison if you had too much debt which I'm like how does that help like is that's unique to America was America the first like western country to be like you can't go to prison for I think that might be right that's a pretty sweet thing about us I think surprised honestly because we'll put you in prison for just about anything else right um anyways so uh the macabers like it's fun the the way that they do this is really funny like they'll have creditors like reaching through the windows and like grabbing things yeah and like at one point somebody reaches like under their front door and starts pulling the rug and like there's a baby and a bassinet on it they have like five kids yeah it's so goofy and i um, love that set too the pink walls with the blue trim yes that was really cute um but davy's working at this little it's a blacking factory which is the same kind of place that um actual charles dickens worked when he was a little boy is that the same thing as bottling no it's uh yeah they were bottling boot black so it was like the stuff it was like boot polish okay and um Charles Dickens had to work in a blacking factory because his dad was in debt. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Isn't that horrible? That's so his dad was in debtor's prison and then they just made all of their all of his kids work until he had had his debts paid off. It's crazy. I kind of almost wonder if David Copperfield is supposed to be sort of like a stand-in of Dickens. And apparently in the book oh, it's I not assumed, a it's not yeah. a blacking factory in the book. They just kind of did that because that's what Dickens did. Yeah. But like I think it's a rags to riches kind of a coming of age story. Yeah, I think Um, it is at least semi autobiographical. Yeah, because like Dickens was poor as a kid, which and then became really, 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 really abundantly rich. Dummy rich. I think he was like one of the richest people in England at the time of his life. Honestly, good for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, they show him like when he first starts working at the factory, he can't do anything, and he's like. Because he's a little boy. He's a little boy. He can't reach all the equipment. <clears throat> and, oh, he had bitten his stepfather. That's one of the reasons he got sent away. Because his stepfather was, like, trying to beat him. So he, yeah. like, bit him in the hand. And they make him wear this sign at the factory that says he bites. Oh. It's so sad. But that comes back up later. That's the only reason that I, yeah. I mentioned it. It's cute. Um, so uh, the macabers get driven out of their house because they're like, you owe too much money. And so... He's sleeping on the floor of this factory, which is devastating. And then his bitch-ass stepfather and her and his sister, Gwendolyn Christie, come to the factory. And they're like, hey, bad news. Your mom's sick. By which I mean she died. By which I mean we've already buried her. Had the funeral and everything. <laughs> he missed the whole thing. This is devastating. Oh, I know. Um, so then he goes to see his great aunt. Betsy Trotwood. And this yeah. scene was fun. This is where it's like, okay, 
things are going to get better for right. him. And he actually does. Before he leaves the factory, he yells, like, I deserve better than this. Yeah. And okay, I was like, on. okay. You better stand up for yourself. I know. There was some quote that I saw that was, maybe it was from Glennon Doyle or Elizabeth Gilbert or one of those, like, one of them. you know. Yeah. One of their set um, that said something about, like, every person that's ever managed to, like, change their life started with a simple not this to talk yeah. about like you know I don't necessarily know where I'm going to go but I can say like this isn't it you know yeah so that was David he was like this is not this I'm yeah. leaving bye bye mm-hmm. so yeah he gets to um Betsy Trotwood's house which is beautiful love this house love this house love her little like she's wearing like a white dress with like a yellow pinafore every time you see Tilda Swinton in this movie she's wearing yellow which yeah her color turns out is incredible. It's, a, it's like that, like a it's mellow that golden mustard. Yes, yellow. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my favorite color. So um, Tilda Swinton's having fun in this movie. Oh yeah, she is just really. She's like this kind of kooky character. She's kind of like hard to. It's hard to sort of understand her reactions to things, but mm-hmm. she's really like ultimately warm and kind. And her cousin, Mister Dick, lives with them. Yes. And this is Hugh Laurie, yeah. who I famously love. I think this man is so adorable. I wasn't even. Um, vibin' yeah. when I watched this, but I, like, for the first ten minutes thought that you confused Hugh Laurie and Peter Capaldi. Well, they do, they have the similar hair in this film. They do, and so I was like, oh, Lindsay's wrong. Like, that's no, it's Peter Hugh Capaldi. Laurie. Yeah. Who, you know that his, I think it's his nephew. Is that Louis Capaldi? The very ugly yeah. <laughs> Capaldi. I don't actually know any of his music. But uh, I know the girls love him. I thought that I liked a song of his, and it turns out he was just covering Bill Eilish. And oh, so okay. Went to listen to that one, and I was like, the source material is better. It's better, actually. I've actually heard other covers of it, too. What, and which Billie Eilish song? Uh, When the Party's Over. Great song. Great song. Great song. I love Billie Eilish. Her vocal range. I know. It's so haunting. It's so pretty. She is kind of a torch carrier mm-hmm. for Fiona Apple. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to see what that young lady gets up to. I am too. I'm rooting for her. I am rooting for that young yeah, woman. I am as well. <laughs> um, so Mr. Dick has some kooky traits about him. He's a silly little guy. He is so silly. Goofy little Gus. He's like writing, but he keeps having... Um, he says it's like uh, visions or like he's hearing the voice of King Charles mm-hmm. the first or second I don't remember which one King Charles the first um, he's like are we sure that he's dead and they're like yeah famously he died in 1643 <laughs> like 200 years it ago it was a bit of a moment ago it was a bit of a thing too right. a little bit of a kerfuffle ensued mm-hmm. we learned about it in school um, but he's like, I just like can hear what he is saying or thinking. And so every once in a while he'll say something like, by what right have you to speak to me in that way? And then it's yeah. like, um, <clears throat> so he has all these little scraps of paper across his room. This room. Loved that room. Anthropology designed. Extremely. Extremely. The, the way that they arranged the paper scraps on the wall looked kind of like a, like a display that we had one time that was like little... I think it was like little paper boxes or whatever, but it was kind of like in that interesting diagonal S curve yeah. kind of a shape. Oh my gosh. Anyways, I was like, this is cool. Damn. The, and the people who decorate the fronts of anthropologies, mm. America's last true artist. It's true. It's Sorry true. Sorry to say. Yeah. It's the last patronage that you can have. Uh huh. Um, anyway, so uh, he talks to David and he's like, yeah, I just can't get them out of my head. Like I, I'll start to start 
writing. And then I just think about all this shit that Charles the first went through. And so David's like, well, why don't we get you a kite and you can put those thoughts on the kite and fly them, like air them out for a minute, okay. which is such a charming and cute Come idea. Come on therapy. I know. Yeah. And David's like, Hey, I write shit down on little scraps of paper too. And like he, this whole time, like anytime he hears a cute turn of phrase, like from mm-hmm. Peggy or someone does something funny, he will like write it down. Um, very David Sedaris in this fashion. Oh, yeah. I need to start doing this. I I was good at it for a while. Yeah. I mean, I gurnal, but, right. like, I need to, yeah. Just keep a little notebook on you as you go. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so, um, he, they have some friends come to visit, um, and it's Mr. Wickfield, that's, which is uh, Betsy's accountant, and his daughter Agnes, Hottie. Oh, my goodness. She's, like, clearly the love interest the second you see her. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. Wickfield owns a school for boys. Is that right? Does he yeah, own it? Yeah. I think so. Okay. So, uh, Betsy's like, it's time for you to actually, like, go to a real school. Like, mm-hmm. you deserve. I'm going to send you. Mr. Wakefield's like, going to put you up there. It's like a boarding school. So, he gets there. First person he meets, other than the, like, headmistress who's leading him to his room, is Uriah... What is Heap. his name? Heap. Have you... Okay. I don't know if... I had heard that first as a band name. Uriah Heap? Yeah. I never heard of it. The only reason I knew that exists, and true heads will know this experience, back in my day, mm-hmm. all lyrics websites, and they perhaps still are, were extremely, like, purple. Okay. You know? Like, mm-hmm. like lilac and oh, purple. Oh, yeah. With, like... And you would... Small white letters and aerial. Yeah. You yeah. You would go by letter. Mm. So, like, you... There wasn't a search bar, but there oh, were anchor yep. links to letter. Yeah. Okay. Um, And so, I would probably... Going to look for like the used and or be something. Like, Here's Uriah Heap. You would see Uriah Heap first. Interesting. And that was one of those like um, phrases that Just, lodged itself. It's, in yeah, it. it's, like Ditko ceramica and tile. Yes, Ditko ceramica and tile. <laughs> <laughs> like I've had Uriah Heap. Interesting. Bur- buried in my brain. Did you know it was from this? No, I sure did not. Wow. And yeah. then suddenly, yeah, I was a like, bolt of lightning. Ex- yeah, I it, can rest now. <laughs> Sleep a little bit. I was like, my life is starting to know about mysteries been solved. (laughs) So they put our sweet boy Ben Wishaw, my angel boy, my sweet wig, sweet little brother in the dustiest wig. I got bangs (laughs) with a bang. It's like a page boy haircut. Oh my god, it was. He looked like he belonged to one of those, like, low-rent Beatles knockoff Yes, bands. yes, exactly. Like Dino, Desi, and Billy. Yes. You know? And they did... Am I remembering this right? Did they have him in, like, breeches with, like... Girl, yeah. With, like, knee socks. So it's, like, very outdated fashion. Yeah, you know? he looked very sad. He looks like he's wearing something that's, like, at least 70 years late Isn't at this point. Isn't so funny to imagine a time... Yeah. ...where, like, seeing someone in that outfit, your first response would be, like, Wait. <laughs> exactly. Because all these other boys are wearing those, like, very cool, like, high-waisted... Yeah. Um, uh, ...pleated pants. Yeah. Linen. Davies are white linen. Chic. Oh, by this point, by the way, we didn't mention. Oh, yeah. Davy is Dev Patel at this yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, at this whole point, so talented. This whole mo- oh my goodness. Well, no, we were talking about him as a little boy first, an adorable oh. little boy. Um, but during the course of the the blacking factory incident, that's when he becomes an adult. <laughs> I'm really sorry if you smelled my. Purse. I don't smell it. Okay. Um, I just feel like it. It felt like it was more powerful than I 
expect it. Oh, okay. And I didn't want either of us to let it have an elephant in the room about it. <laughs> let it go unspoken. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, at this school, Davy becomes friends with this boy named James Steerforth, and I didn't trust that bitch. I didn't either. From the jump. I think you're maybe not supposed to. Oh. But the way that... <laughs> we just don't have a special, like, intuition here. The way that they meet is, like... And, and I guess there's parts of it where you're supposed to be like, oh, he's a good friend to Davey, I guess. I still... Yeah, I don't... He's still a little bit. They gave you a little bit of room to, like, decide yes. to like him if you wanted to. Yeah. But the way that they bond and the way that Davey kind of gets acceptance into the cr- the group is by, like, shitting on Uriah Heap. Yeah. And being like, that little bitch is so creepy. I mean, they, like, ask him to. They're like, what do you think of him? And he's like, he's kind of like a salamander, huh? Like, with that face? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and he says something like, the only way for him to be closer to me is if he was my suit. And they're all like, hey. And then that one guy does a thing where he's like, this is my impression of Uriah Heap opening a window. <laughs> it was like, nobody laughed. Oh, but anyways. I loved this because it was like, and I don't think this is really a part of the popular disc horse anymore, but like. That is some, that's a way to bond. Sometimes. It's a way to bond. Yeah. yeah. Also like, it's not just a bitchy girl thing. Like, yeah. boys do that too. No, they do. For sure. Like, leave me and Craig alone in a room for a second. We'll tear someone's life to pieces. God, and I, I dare not make that mistake. <laughs> you, you too. Mm-hmm. Men all rip up her life, bitch. Bring the knife. <laughs> Vicious. Um, so, um, he and James Steerforth become good friends. Um, they, he gets in a little street fight later, which is kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Um, and Uriah Heep, like, helps, gets him some steak for his face or whatever, and then is like, hey, um, would you come to tea with my mother? Oh, God. So creepy. By the way, um, did you ever watch the Goldfinch movie? No, I heard it was terrible. It, it was, and okay. I knew that and watched it anyway. Okay. Um, but, so you deserved it. So I got what I deserved. <laughs> Streetworthy, is that what his name is? Uh, no, Street steer, Safe? Steerforth. Steerforth. <laughs> Street Smarts. Street Smarts. <laughs> what did I say? Streetworthy? Streetworthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's your new band name, Streetworthy. That is extremely goofy <laughs> and very silly. Uh, no, he was, uh, he played Boris in Goldfinch. Steerforth did? Mm-hmm. That's good casting. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Adult, yeah. adult Boris, well, honestly, both of them were not up to the task. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid. Young and old. They both did this hacky little fake Russian Rocky Bullwinkle kind of accent. Oh, no. You know? Oh, no. And um, as a Russian, I'm Yeah. <laughs> do we have any Russian in our family? Yes, we do. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, Davey goes to Uriah's house for tea, um, and he, even though he doesn't want to. And Uriah kind of, like, tries to blackmail him. Yeah. Because, Sneaky oh, little snake. I forgot the important part was that Macabre came. His oh, old, yeah. his old indebted friend who mm-hmm. he lived with comes to be a teacher, and wouldn't you know, Davy had just been shitting on him, telling a story about him to Steerforth, and then Steerforth's like, "I know your whole deal, and I'm gonna like rip up your life in front of this whole class." This oh, yeah. was one of those, you're like bad form, yeah, not badly a, done, Emma. Yeah, you exactly. Know? But um, I was like, okay, maybe he's just clueless. Yeah. But I don't know about him. No, he's mean. Yeah. Um, so, uh, anyway, so Uriah, I guess, somehow knows about Davy's past. I'm not really sure. Maybe just because of... I think he talked to Macabre. Um, so he's like, wouldn't it be a shame if, like, a gentleman like you were exposed as being poor? And mm-hmm. he's like, mm, you wouldn't dare. 
so um, Davy and his little pals graduate, and uh, Davy gets hired to be a, a proctor. A proctor, which is a phrase I'd never heard. What does that mean? They said it's a lawyer, but this the Wikipedia says he's a trainee lawyer, like an apprentice. Okay, I, I guess no that idea. makes sense. I mean, they also have like the audacity to call a lawyer uh, a barrister. Barrister, I know. How many words do you guys have for lawyer? Jeez Louise. <laughs> the uh, Inuit people and all their words for, for snow. snow. Right? Yeah, isn't there, there's another term they use. Uh, it's like a, it's not legislator, it's a, litig- well, there's litigator, obviously, but there's another one that they use. Oh, I'll look at it later. Um, mm. The Brits love law, famously. God, they really... They love... It seems that they do. They love the law. <laughs> um, so they... Uh, at this little farewell party, when he's, like, talking to his future employer, he meets this girl named Dora Spinlow with the goofiest hair. Yeah. And he just immediately falls in love. This and girl is kooky she, as hell. The, her whole thing is that she wasn't really menacing, like, a, a bad person. No. She's, like, She's clueless. And, yeah. Like, Kind of stupid, maybe. I think so. She's she's like very, very overly into her tiny little poodle dog, and so she'll always be like, "This is what Jip is saying." Beep 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 beep. Um, yeah, and always with the very tight ringlets, just like a very a permanent, a cheekbone <laughs> framing permanent. Yeah. Um. So he decides to try to court her. Um. The boys come to town for a night, and they all get a little drunk. James Steerforth. Yes. Uh, a couple of the other boys from college, they get real drunk. They decide to go to the theater. And they are just, I mean, a full mess getting into this movie theater. Not movie. Theater, theater. Honestly, for a second, I was like, yeah. Yeah, movies. but that seems like what you would do after a drunken night out. Yeah. Except they didn't have movie theaters, so they just went, which is, it's a weird to imagine you could just walk up and be like, I need a ticket, please. I'm drunk. Let me in. But I guess that's what people did. Not, with nothing else to do. So, huh. while he's there, he sees Agnes, who we haven't really talked about much, but she's like, they have a couple of cute little scenes. She's the daughter of the the accountant yeah. slash owner of the school. Um, and she and Davey are, like, have this kind of cute, like... chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah. And, like, they, they clearly are, like, good friends, and, like, they'll make jokes with each other. Like, she was ribbing him about the whole Uriah Heap of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so while they're at the theater, they run into Agnes, her father, and Uriah Heap, and his creepy mother, who Uriah, like, refers to Agnes as Agnes and not Miss... Um, what is it, Wicklow or... Wait, yeah. Wickfield. Woolworthy. Uh, <laughs> and um, Davey is drunk, but he's like, did you just call her Agnes and not Miss Wickfield? And then he, like, doesn't get to hear why. Yeah. I guess that's, maybe like, he's, clearly something's up there. Oh, no, he says... Yeah, no, Mr. Wickfield explains. He's like, he's working with us now, and he's actually a partner. And it's like, oh, shit. This little creep? Yeah. That little weird that freak. Little weasel. <laughs> Such a weird little freak. Weird little freak. Yeah. So, um, uh, the next day he's planning to go, oh, by the way, when they show him walking around London and it's like talking about how he's in love with Dora and it's like everywhere he looks, he sees like Mm -hmm. something that reminds him of her. They showed St. Paul's with like that goofy hair on it in the background. Like he's like looking through the window at the dome of St. Paul's and it's got like goofy curly blonde hair. I think I missed that. This was a funny joke. I was doing my puzzle. They had fun with this. Yeah. So, um, he plans to go propose to Dora, but, um, right as he's about to, he gets a message that his aunt and Mr. Dick are in London and they're like, you need to come right now. And so he gets there and his aunt's like, I'm completely ruined. Like Wickfield. She's pretty level about it. Yeah. She's like, I'm ruined. I'm ruined. 
all her money's gone. She had like invested in two different kinds of things and Wickfield's like, so sorry, your portfolio went tits up and you have nothing <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so you gotta, we're going to take in your house. Like you got to go. So, um, she, they, as they put it in Wikipedia, they decamped to a slum dwelling, um, that is owned by Uriah Heep who makes some comment about like, what I do is I buy a bunch of properties and they're in areas that people don't think is, are attractive. But I buy him, so he's a slumlord. Little piece oh. of shit. So he's, he puts them up in one of his properties, and it's like a one-bedroom, like one room even. Just one single room. Yeah. So um, Steerforth is still in London, I guess, and David's like, let's go to Yarmouth, and we'll go visit Peggotty and, and her brother and stuff. Um, so they get to, to Yarmouth. They're like having a couple of days where they're just like hanging out, slumming it. Hanging this out with like these where poor kids. I start to think that maybe Steerforth is nice. Yeah, yeah. Like he charms uh, Peggotty and her brother and Emily and was it uh, what was Emily's partner's name? Ham. Ham. Um, and everybody just like talks about how much they love him. And so Davy says something to him like, "Everyone loves James Steerforth." And then James is kind of drunk and he goes, "Except James Steerforth." And I was like, "Oh, dark." Yeah. So. Um, and Emily starts acting kind of weird around Ham. They haven't gotten married yet in all these years. They're still saving up money. And then the next day... Boom. They're gone. Emily and Steerforth have left together. Devastating Ham. Devastating the whole community, frankly, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, the entire boat. The entire boat community yeah. was very devastated by this news. And so, um, they... I guess Davy goes back to London. He finds uh, Mr. Micawber living on the streets with his family. Oh, he said, like, we're currently, like, living in plein air. Or yes. Or, like, al fresco or something. Al fresco it was, was what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was so... And then, like, Mr. Dick is like, that's kind of nice. You're, every meal's a picnic. And I was like, these two are on the same wavelength. Yeah, same kind of... kooky... Just benevolent weirdo. Exactly. And so they get, on, they get on, like, a house on fire. Like, Mr. Micawber's like, I had to sell my concertina, which I didn't forget that was a... I had I was only thinking of the wire, the okay. concertina wire. So, weirdly, because I love the army. A little moment of, um, uh, what's, synchronicity? Yeah. I, we had just watched Only Murders in the Building, which is, by the way, I should have said that in my sync up. It's so cute. It's the new Steve Martin and Martin Shoy- Short <laughs> and Selena Gomez joint. Um, and there's three episodes out on Hulu, but uh, Steve Martin plays a concertina in, like, the second episode. Huh. And I was like, he says something about, like, do you like my concertina? And I was like, is that what that thing is called? It looks like a little accordion. Yeah. And then Macabre has the same thing in the, the movie like that I watched the next day. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I oh. was meant to learn what a concertina was this weekend. Clearly. Um, anyways, so uh, he's like, I had to go pawn my concertina, and it's a real shame because I really loved playing it. And they've every time he's played it so far in this movie, it's like absolutely the worst thing you've ever heard. Yeah. Like, he cannot carry a tune, but his wife, he and his wife are sweet. Yeah. They um, just seem to really like each other. They just really love each other, yeah. She's like, isn't that great? She's really ride or die. She really is. Him. Yeah, like... They are just kind of smiling about being out on the streets. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, isn't that, isn't that a bitch? Sometimes sometimes life is a sometimes kick in the pants. Sometimes it goes up and sometimes it goes down. So um, then Betsy Trotwood and Mr. Dick were like, oh, sorry, Mr. Dick goes and steals his concertina back from the pawn shop. And then the Macabers come stay with them, which is really sweet. Um, and Agnes comes by and she's like, Davey, um, you guys have that letter from Mr. Wickfield? Uh, from my dad about your funds 
and they're like, yeah, let me go pull it up. And she's like, I think something that happened over at the office. So they did a little, like, handwriting analysis. Mr. Dick was like, let me compare these signatures. And it turns out Uriah Heep had forged Mr. Wickfield's signature on some kind of document that he used to, like, seize a bunch of their property. And um, they all go confront him. And they're like, you've been embezzling, you've been forging his signature, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it says one of these had robbed Betsy Trotwood of her fortune. Um, Wickfield fires them, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dora but is how, like... How do you get the money? <laughs> I don't know. I think Davy just like earns a shitload of money and buys in the house. Wow. I don't okay. think they ever got their money back. So uh, Dora is like... He, he tells Dora that he's poor. And she's like, that's okay. I'll still marry you. And then like a few scenes later, she's like, I don't really fit in here. Yeah. So just like not a not a mean breakup, just kind of like I'll a, say I love when this happens. We're gonna go our separate ways, you yeah. know. Um, so they find out that Emily had been um, abandoned in France by James Steerforth, and then she's spotted in London by the Pegadies. Um, and so she goes back to Yarmouth, um, and you find out that like uh, Steerforth is coming back to Yarmouth, and then there's a storm at sea, and he is about to like shipwreck, um, and Ham who this guy like ran off with his fiance right ham is like let me go try to help him and Seerforth is like nah and drowns bye-bye yeah i think he was ready yeah he's ready to go ready to go it seemed like it um emily and mrs steerforth which is james's mom obviously mourn his death and then at some point david realizes he's in love with agnes which is sweet and finishes writing his book and then like the they have a kind of a circular almost a circular plot with this because they actually go a little bit further but they start with him doing a reading mm-hmm. that's how the, they frame the whole thing as like he's telling his life story so they end with him at this podium with his reading and then you see in the audience that Agnes is there with their little girl and Miss Peggotty and then they show um, he's back at the house that Betsy Trotwood had lost and I guess they're all living there again yeah see I think in my head I was like she got it back. Did they just, like, control Z the whole losing it all thing? No, like, I think he just bought the house back. Cause, okay, because he made a shit ton of money writing. Mm-hmm. That's right. So he um, buys the house back, and then, like, the they have a celebration, I guess, of the publication of his book, and um, everyone's there. Gang's all there. And McCulver's like, hey, so on the way here, we, like, we're so excited. We didn't even pay attention to how much it was going to cost to get here. And like, we're a little short. And so this is like, the, there've been a couple of times where Davey's just like spotted in money and he's like, don't yeah. worry about it. Like, it's fine. Um, and Mr. Dick is wearing that, um, he bites sign from earlier, but it says he kites. Oh, the kids have changed it to say he kites. Cause I didn't see that. He rides bikes and he, or he flies a kite all the time. And so he goes kite as a verb. I love it. Or something. And Davey writes that down on a scrap of paper for like his next book. Um, so it's like very like gangs all happy. Everyone's, yeah. it was like a very sweet moment. And then the last shot just about did me in. They show Dev Patel. He sits down at his desk to write. And then he gets up and walks across the room. And the little boy that played him as a little boy is standing right there. And he's like, it's all going to work out. Um, I can't remember what he says. It's something like, um, like it's going to be a journey or whatever, but you're going to have fun or something. And I was like, this is really sweet. It's like talking to your younger self. Yeah. Um, that was a particularly sweet way to end this film. Yes. Like, man, that little boy for MVP of this entire movie. He was so cute. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I just loved this movie. Personally. Yeah, I had, a, I had a great time. It was like a really sweet 
like happy good vibes kind of a, an experience yeah I'm really like because going over the plot just now I'm like god this is the saddest plot I've ever heard in my life but then but like the tone at is, no point in the movie was I you know no they don't ever make despair. you feel sorry for David like yeah. he's very like clearly like the main character in his own story like he's kind of like well I've got grit and I'm just gonna keep on moving forward you know yeah and I'm gonna keep writing this shit down because it'll be useful to me someday and then it was well we took a little pause mm-hmm. sneaky sneak uh, so that Molly could use the restroom and we could discuss our next film, um, which will be A Room with a View. It's yeah. on HBO Max. Yeah. You're going to feel, I feel like we're all going to watch that and be like, I'm a smart person. Yeah. And I could have read the book. Absolutely. I didn't, but I could have. So Helena Bonham Carter's in this bitch too? Yeah. You just told me that with your own mouth like a minute oh, ago. I was reading, I don't remember reading her name. I remember reading Daniel Day-Lewis's name mm-hmm. and Maggie Smith. And Jude Dench, but I don't remember saying that Helena was in this. But anyways, yeah, excellent cast list. Hard um, hitters. It came out the day that I was born. We just found. Uh, so that seems like kismet. Incredible. Incredible timing. Man, if this ends up being one of your favorite movies, that's going to be pretty neat. That'll be pretty neat. Watch, it's got a 100 on Rotten Tomatoes. You don't often encounter that. No, it's a 1920s period piece, but it was made in 1985 and obviously released in 86, the day that I was born, as I previously said. So, anyways, uh, yeah, let's watch this on HBO. Uh, You got anything else you want to say about David Copperfield? Man, no, just had a good time with it. Yeah. And so I I would recommend that for any of my friends. I would too. Free on HBO Max. Yeah. A real fun romp. Real. Um, All right. Well, until next week when we're watching Room with a View, y'all just have a good time, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Bye.